Welcome to another informative episode of the No Harm Health and Safety Podcast. No Harm is the podcast for health and safety professionals like you. We're here to help you sharpen your professional skills and better understand emerging issues. Let's get started. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the No Harm Health and Safety Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Marvin Polis. For this episode, I have two guests joining me remotely. I have Chris Eastham and Phil Alley. They're both with Tesser. And like I said, they're joining me remotely. Of course, we're in COVID times right now. We're socially distancing by quite a lot, really. Phil is in Calgary, Alberta, while Chris is near Vernon, British Columbia, and I'm near Edmonton, Canada in my studio. So the closest we're getting here is 300 kilometers and more. So I think it's very appropriate, especially given our subject matter today. Phil, let's start with you. Tell me what you're up to at Tesser. So at Tesser, it's a, a company that started through the, the pandemic as it started to move forward. We were looking at ways that we could help make a difference. The biggest thing that we saw was there was a need for helping stop the spread, as well as helping uh, frontline medical workers or anybody who needed PPE. There was a, a real shortage coming around. So at Tesser, what we've done is create a uh, UBC sterilization box. You know, similar to what you could see on the internet, except for it, uh, it's a little bit more accredited uh, and, and a lot stronger than that. So what we're working with is, is under Health Canada direction on what they want to see in terms of the ability to kill the genetic material in pathogens, bacteria and viruses to completely sterilize any, any hard surface object. But additionally, the big one that we're going for is the N95 masks, uh, as we see a real use for that in the world, whether there's a shortage to make sure that we're, we're helping save lives, or even if it's on the other side, help reduce costs of the PPE um, industries and places that weren't using PPE before that now are and needing to use 10, 20 masks a day. If we can find a way to reduce that down to one or two masks a day, we feel we can make a, a large difference when it comes to the PPE reuse. Okay, so obviously we're, we're in times right now where PPE can be hard to come by, particularly things like the N95 masks. So I guess with this device that you've invented, at the end of the day or at the end of my shift, I don't need to throw away the mask, right? It can be put into the device and it's zapped, so to speak, and now it's sterile again. Is that correct? That is correct. So there, there's multiple different uh, levels that you can do it. So if you were wearing it to see between clients or to see and, and you were moving around during the day, uh, you could do viral sterilization cycles, which, you know, if your concern is about COVID, you can easily kill that uh, COVID virus in a, a short two minute cycle um, in the N95 masks. It's a lot shorter on harder surface. Now with the Health Canada standards that we're reaching, we're actually getting it all the way up to full sterility. Uh, and that's what they want to see is that they could use it in hospitals, actual surgical rooms if they needed to um, in any sort of healthcare setting. So there's a, a different variation of, of how long you want to leave that uh, mask in there determined by uh, what your application is. But if you have just introduced N95 masks because of the pandemic and keeping patients, clients, or employees safe, this is, in my mind, a, a perfect use for that, is you can do short cycles in between seeing different people if you're worried about what's on the outside of your mask, or at the end of the day, you can clean it and bag it or 
maybe even do it at the very beginning of the day as well too, just to make sure that you're putting on a, a fully clean mask that you know, know does not have the COVID-19 virus on it. Understood. So, Chris, it seems like there are some obvious benefits here in terms of, let's say, cost, um, availability of PPE uh, would be the big ones. Tell me more about this. Yeah. So in speaking to some of our our potential clients, uh, we see that there's a a great return uh, on investment with the tester technologies. Uh, In some cases, uh, doctors or nurses or old folks homes uh, could be using Um, different masks between patients. Uh, Each one of those N95 masks could range between three to eight dollars depending on which one you want and by using our technology to sterilize it the cost that these companies are going to incur is obviously going to go down because you could reuse these masks. So um, obviously apart from helping uh, stop the spread of COVID-19 we think that we can help companies save quite a bit of uh, money and efficiencies by by using this technology. Now, there really is an obvious benefit here in the medical field, in hospitals and clinics and that sort of thing. It also occurred to me that on industrial sites, this would have a huge benefit. For instance, you know, if an organization is going through a big turnaround or, or shutdown, as some companies call them, they, they would be going through hundreds, maybe thousands of masks a day. Can you handle that kind of volume with your devices? So the device uh, for the COVID virus uh, can right now fit about 16 masks in it uh, and a two-minute cycle. So you can be cleaning 16 masks every two minutes and then reloading it through. So in terms of if you're looking at thousands, uh, there is, would it be a need for a few more units than just that? Um, But we're also looking at possibly if the need for that continues and the pandemic rages on, we are looking at just building a, a speeded up version that is purely just for mass. The product that we have right now is built for versatility in the way that uh, if you don't want it just for masks, there's still all the operating tools that you want to put in there, um, even tools in, in a manufacturing environment where you're sharing anything uh, that can fit in there as well as the other types of PPE that you see in terms of the visors that people wear. So the hard plastics um, react very well to the UVC in terms of uh, quick clean on those as well. Thanks, Phil. Chris, do you want to add to that? So on top of that, I think that what we're finding as we as we find where this product really fits, um, within it, whether it's in the medical community or in the industrial community, one of the major benefits and selling, you know, when I came on to join Tesser is that we are a very vertically integrated company. And so uh, it's a spinoff of a stainless steel company, Reagan, here in Calgary, which has you know upwards of 30,000 uh, square feet of manufacturing space. And we also have an in-house design team. And so if a company that was looking to do a shutdown or turnaround wanted to repurpose uh, our technology to suit their needs better, well, we have the ability really to do a quick, uh, quick design uh, and implementation and, and do that. So that's one of the major uh, benefits that, that we also see from our, our position here. Well, I'm thinking that turnarounds are often of a limited duration. They might be a couple of weeks. They might be maybe two months. Do you have uh, the, the option for organizations to lease the equipment or rent the equipment and then ratchet back to maybe a, a more normal level after that for operations? 
right now our model isn't uh, isn't that. However, if we were to uh, be approached or if we if a company was interested in doing something like that, we'd be open to it for sure. Uh, we understand that there is a uh, there is a hurdle to to our to our equipment just because it is uh, it is on the more expensive side. Uh, but if if a company was interested in a, in a lease to buy or a lease option, I think we'd be interested in exploring that with them for sure. Understood. Thanks, Chris. Phil, I want to return to the topic of certifications. You mentioned that you're working with Health Canada. Are you working with anybody else? I, I think I heard that you're working with Alberta Innovates, for instance. Yeah. So Alberta Innovates and Inatech, which is the, uh, the technical research labs of the Alberta Innovates um, here, um, which is so a government funded um, government funded institution uh, that's put in place to help spur tech uh, or any innovations in Alberta. And that's something to try and move forward in the economy, whether it's in the oil and gas sector or outside of it. They've partnered with us in a tech has in, in validating this technology and continuing to test. It's one of the reasons we've been able to turn this around uh, very quickly is, is the help that we've received from Alberta Innovates as well as uh, pulling in partnerships with the University of Alberta, one of the first universities to have the live virus uh, uh, available for testing in, the, in their level three biocontainment facilities. So, you know, with what Chris was saying, where if we're looking for a specific um, application that a company's looking for to, to actually put into their facility on a long-term basis for help with COVID and to protect uh, against maybe future pandemics, or any spread of any viral contagions, whether it's the influenza virus, we have the ability to to design and build that quickly with the uh, the help of Reagan Industries as well as U Technology here in Calgary, and then the ability to validate that quickly with the partnership we have with Inatech and Alberta Innovates here. Now, the actual certifications that we're pursuing under Health Canada, because that's the regulations here. Um, however, we would also be looking at the FDA regulations uh, that match in terms of if we were to be looking to move that into the United States market. Understood. So just so I'm clear on this, this is available now, right? If I am an HSE manager working for a refinery, if I'm going through a turnaround, I can purchase this now. It's certified. It's working. You'll deliver it. Is that correct? The certifications are expected by the first week of August, which is when my first production units are available as well. So right now I have uh, conditional purchase orders lined up uh, depending on that uh, certification. But I do have, if you're only interested in the COVID, I already have those tests complete um, and the, the validation behind it to, to back up from University of Alberta. Uh, multiple scientists and doctors uh, have worked through that to validate what we're doing with that these units. Um, now, what I'm doing with the Health Canada, they only have two certification levels that I can achieve. One that I can sterilize hard objects and one that I can sterilize the N95 masks. Now, the problem with that is not everybody in the world, if you're not working in a surgical environment, actually needs sterile things, right? Now, the difference between that is I can kill the COVID virus a lot quicker than I can kill some bacterias that hospitals need to be aware of because they're they're in such stringent environments for what they need to protect against. And that's because they're working on surgeries. Um, so they need to be make sure that everything is completely sterile. Now, there's a bit of a difference between that and somebody who's working in a industrial environment where they're specifically looking to kill the COVID virus. So 
I don't need the Health Canada certification for that, just for selling it within the hospitals. But I do expect the Health Canada certification to give all of our clients a sense of trust in us that you know we are we can do what we say we're doing. We have a re- regulatory body backing us up on that. Excellent. Well, I can certainly see how when COVID eventually dies down, I may still want to have one of these devices at my industrial facility, at my medical clinic. Um, and, and maybe the focus isn't not going to be COVID-19 anymore, but maybe it's going to be influenza or the common cold or that sort of thing. Will I be able to have one of these boxes that will basically handle anything Yes, exactly. So we are making the boxes reprogrammable too, because we're aware of, well, it's COVID now, but what could it be coming up? So if you if you buy this box right now for uh, COVID sterilization, COVID sanitization, it's fine. We'll set that cycle time for what it is. However, if there's, and it'll kill anything below that on the curves too, including the influenza virus, including um, I think we looked at the MS2 virus, uh, the MERS virus, other coronaviruses, which are what the scientists are saying are the most popular to cause uh, future pandemics. However, at any point, if there's any sort of an outbreak, an epidemic, a pandemic, any way you look at it, we can then reprogram those boxes for cycle times for whatever it takes to kill that virus, that bacteria, that pathogen. Um, or if there's something specific in your industry that you're looking for, that you want to protect against, it's no problem after the pandemic. It's a, a quick five-minute tech visit to, to reprogram it. Understood. Thanks, Phil. And Chris, how big is this device? Is it like the size of a microwave oven? Is it the size of a refrigerator? Put it into perspective for me. Yeah, so I'd probably describe it as a large microwave. The actual space within the unit that can be uh, used for sanitization or sterilization is one and a half square feet. But I believe it stands, what is it, Phil, two and a half by two and a half? Yeah, it is 28 and a half inches by 28 and a half inches by 23 inches deep. So um, it would be like a large microwave oven. The, the inside for where you can sterilize or sanitize is one and a half square feet. What about special power requirements, environmental requirements, anything that we should be aware of? Well, that's that's the nice thing about our unit is it only takes uh, 110 volts. So your typical plug-in uh, would power this. Phil, something else that I wanted to ask is when a mask is treated, should it actually go back to the same person or could it go to a different person on the crew? So if you're doing the full Health Canada sterilization time, which is, you know, you're fully sterilizing a mask to go into, as I said before, uh, a surgical environment, you can switch between people because that's how long it's going. However, if, if you're in an industrial application and you're, the purpose that you're trying to do is to clean these things for, for viral um, COVID infections to make sure that it's not moving on, I would not switch between people. Uh, the reason being for that is that COVID is one thing, viral. However, Every, in everybody's breath, everything's a little bit different. Um, until you run a full sterile cycle, um, I would say that it's best to personalize those masks to those people. Understood. And what about tools? Let's say on an industrial site, what about wrenches? Yeah, not a problem. On, on the hard surface uh, materials, it works extremely effective. Uh, the N95s, that's why it takes a little bit longer. It's a two-minute cycle, uh, really needing to just penetrate the, the 
fabric particles to make sure that we kill the COVID virus hanging onto it. However, on the hard surface, there's no particles for them to hang on like that. And extremely effective for use of making sure that you want to exchange tools between people. Uh, maybe even if it's just cleaning tools once or twice a day, just again, those are those are common touch points. And you want to make sure that you're cleaning them as as often as possible. And it's a very effective way to do that. Great. And then what about in, let's say, a medical clinic or an operating room? If an, if an implement happens to drop on the floor, can we just pick it up, put it in the device, zap it for a minute and carry on? So with the the intention is is that in the future. The reason that I'm, I'm saying that is because we can do it. However, with the full sterility cycle, it's going to be over 10 minutes. However, we're looking at building another unit for operating rooms that would have a higher UVC intensity to get that down to a two to four minute cycle um, so that it can help save doctors turnaround time if any of that happens. Yeah, just to add on what Phil's saying there, we really think there's an opportunity for tester in the future with flash sterilization is, is what we're calling it. And that's exactly what Phil was just mentioning is uh, if, a, if a surgeon drops a scalpel, as an example, a lot of times that surgeon will have to call down to a sterile room um, and get a whole new kit sent up or a whole new scalpel sent up. Um, oftentimes that can take a long time and delay other procedures. So by having one of these units in the operating room, as an example, where you could just have a flash sterilization cycle, um, that surgeon would be able to uh, get back to the uh, operation sooner. And we really think that's a, a huge opportunity. Great. And just to be clear, this uses UV, is that correct? That is correct. So it's using UVC, which is the more intense UV on the spectrum. So UVA and UVB occur naturally in the environment. That's what causes uh, either your tan or sunburns. Um, however, UVC does not occur naturally in the environment. It's blocked out by the ozone. Um, it can only be recreated through, uh, through lights. And we're using LED UVC in our technology. So really, any object can be put in the device, but you wouldn't want it to be a living object. Correct. At this point, um, there is a UV uh, spectrum that they believe can be used that isn't harmful to humans. However, the testing and the certifications from whether it's Health Canada or FDA to approve that you can use that on humans are a little bit uh, further away. I'd be surprised if it were to happen in the next year. The spectrum that we're using is harmful to humans uh, on, in both the eye uh, and your skin. So what we're doing with that is making sure that we have a fully contained, safe container uh, to use this uh, technology in, rather than there's some products that you can use it in, in a wand function. However, there is some safety concerns with that, and in my mind, uh, some definite danger. This sounds like an amazing device that is going to be very applicable, particularly to industry, particularly to healthcare. Where can our listeners learn more about it? We post a lot of information on our LinkedIn. Uh, we also have a website, www.tesser.ca, as well as our Instagram, Tesser Tech. Okay. And last word to you, Phil, anything you want to add? I really appreciate you having us on and, and helping us get uh, the message of what we're trying to do out into the world. Again, we feel this is applicable across Alberta, Canada, and, and anywhere that's struggling with this. And our goal is to really make a difference. And, and that could be in our mind, we're talking about reducing PPE costs. But at the same time, we also look at it as any, any chance that we're reducing the spread 
uh, or the probability that it's going to spread is going to save lives. And that's what's important to us at Tesla. Well said. Well, Phil, Chris, thank you for joining me. Thank you very much, Thanks, Marvin. Marvin. Thanks for tuning in to the No Harm Health and Safety Podcast. Be sure to join us next time. And a reminder that you can subscribe to us for free on SoundCloud, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The No Harm Health and Safety Podcast is a production of Stimulant Strategies and Media Productions. You can learn more about us at stimulant.ca. All the best, everyone, and stay safe.